you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. one-handed grab. See Lamb, Devontae Adams, great Sunday Week 10. Welcome inside Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky, live in New York City. It's Monday, November 13th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. There's Kyle Brandt, Pierce Schrager, and Sean O'Hara. Kyle, great jersey. Lions, talk about it. 7-2. and two. Yep. Alex Anzalone, the heart of the defense. Not the best day for the Lions defense yesterday, but there's a group of Lions fans who call themselves Fanzalonis, and I like them. They wear blonde wigs, and they do the whole thing, and I'm way into it. The Lions have it all going on. Great game against the Chargers yesterday. Very entertaining. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome game tonight, too. I think you look yeah. at it, you're like, Bill's Brown. Broncos have won two straight going out of the bottom. Yeah. The Bills are struggling. It's like one of these teams, like, ascending, descending. They have to meet in the middle. So, mm -hmm. still some football left, too. Absolutely. Kyle, Stroud is playing phenomenal football right now. Uh, we were talking about it last week, being the offensive rookie of the year. Second straight week, Stroud leads a game-winning drive in the fourth quarter, sealing a Texans win. This time, it's over the Bengals. Peter, your reaction to watching what Stroud did yesterday, but also his, the collective experience. When do we want to go into the hyperbole, exaggerated take, and you get the hot... Now. Why is he not in the MVP conversation? Oh. And if he is, is it appropriate for us to do that with a rookie? Consider this. He's averaging 291 passing yards per game. That's the most in the league. Hmm. He's top 10 in passing yards. He's top 10 in QBR. He's top 10 in Q, QB rating. He's also got only two interceptions on the season. And to your point, Jamie, he just led them back on two incredible game-winning drives back against the wall in back-to-back -back weeks in pivotal games. Again, two interceptions from a rookie. There's something cool about him, too. Uh, I interviewed Nick Casario on my podcast last week, and he's like, it's not only like nothing's too big for him, he's so consistent. He was the same exact guy before the S2 cognition test stuff came out as he was afterwards. He was the same guy when he was a young, short kid playing at the out of the Inland Empire in California yeah. to where he gets to Ohio State as the big man on campus in Columbus to who he is now. He doesn't change. He's consistent. He is steady Eddie across the board. And as we crown MVP week to week, it was Tua's. Well, now nah, you can't give it to Tua. Mm. They just didn't. They lost. Mm. Well, they, okay, there's Lamar. Well, Lamar just got outplayed by mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson. Are we taking it now from Lamar's head and putting it on C.J. Stroud's head? Because this is what we do at the NFL. It's who's the MVP? There's the odds. There's this. And uh, he's on by. But <laughs> no one's played better than C.J. Stroud the last few weeks. And I know you look at it on the tall, you're like, well, they're 5-4. and four. They're not 8-0 and oh or anything. And I, the Texans were the worst team in football the last two years. Mm. Like, objectively, unwatchable mm. team. And now they're the most exciting team in football, and their quarterback is the main reason why. Guess who's leading the MVP odds? Like, right now, the favorite. Mahomes? Mahomes. Not just playing, by... just kind of sitting there. It's like yeah. out of respect. Then you're in a Jalen Hurts, which I think is, is deserving. Right now, Stroud is all the way down at eighth. Mm. So we got this thing cooking. I, another one. Peter, you're, you're usually our trivia historian. Yeah. What decade was it? Just give me the decade. When a rookie last won the MVP of the NFL, what decade? 
What do you think? Think out loud. Jim Brown, 50s? Peter's right. Oh! Wow. Jim Brown's the only rookie yeah, to ever do it, and it was yeah. the 50s. Yeah. Jim Brown won the MVP. That, As a running back, years ago. different world, different universe, back. different sport. 70 years. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. That's all right, Peter. All right, Peter. Skipped it. Added a ten. Trivia. We don't go to you for math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Look, we're, are we being a little prisoner of the moment? Of course. Sure. It's fine. It's fine. But last week I said that about Josh Dobbs and the Vikings, and we weren't. They lost to the Panthers this year. <laughs> they lost to the Panthers two weeks ago. They were two they were outplayed ago. by Bryce Young. Yeah. C.J. Stroud was. It's tough to say like mm-hmm. he's the MVP. He's just a really really good rookie. It's that's where we are right now. It's not enough to be like, man, he's great. We have to be like, but what can you do? MVP, greatest rookie ever. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not, guys. But crazier things have happened. How many years ago was it, Peter? 70, 90 years ago? I'm just impressed by his body language. This year, I'm sorry, this is not a good thing. Pretty much every team starts a rookie at quarterback every week, and most of them are undrafted. It sucks, and there's been a lot of injuries. You watch him, you're like, oh, that's a rookie. That's a rookie. You can see why. You can see why. There's nothing. If you sat down someone who didn't know anything about Stroud or football and watched the Texans, you would never think he's a rookie, ever. You would never think he's a young player. He's so confident and so calm. That was an awesome win yesterday. The Texans, I don't know. The sky's the limit. Where are they going to go? They did lose to the Panthers, so on a given week it can slip up, but I'm as impressed with Stroud as anybody. I don't have any, any hot take that says he's overrated are going to fall on his face. I don't. What do you think, Shawnee? I think the fact that we're even talking about him in the MVP conversation. A Texans quarterback. Win. A rookie like, one. Like, he he's not going to win the MVP. And look, when you're 5-4, and four, I, like, you're probably not even in the running. But the fact that he's a rookie quarterback and we're talking about him in the same sentence with the MVP, it's impressive. L- listen, when you get drafted second overall, like you're going to a franchise that is, is, is a disaster. All right? They hired a first-time head coach in D'Amico Ryans. Um, he inherits the worst defense in, in the NFL from the previous season. And C.J. Stroud, you're going there and saying, all right, like, what are we expecting from him? Like, all right, a lot of people play fantasy football. I, I play fantasy football sure. in a league with my son. Okay. And we, we, there was one of the picks that we didn't get to any time and auto-picked. And it picked, it picked Nico Collins. <laughs> and my son was oh, like, who's man. Nico Collins? And he was like, immediately, as soon as the draft ended, he, like, my son was like, no, we got we to gotta get rid of Nico Collins. I want a different guy. Was, we drafted three more receivers after that. And, look, I challenge everybody else out there. Did anybody draft Tank Dell? Nico Collins. Did anybody draft anybody on Noah this offense? Mm-hmm. Knowing that C.J. Stroud was the quarterback. Like, Schultz. you're just not going to do it yeah, because Schultz. it doesn't pan out. So, I think what he's doing is phenomenal and how he's doing it, it's at the end of the games. Two weeks in a row, he's led them down the field to win the football game. So, it's that poise and, and that ability and what he's doing. I'll also say, like, D'Amico Ryans, like, we can't give him enough praise, Talk too. Because what this defense has done – They were the worst rushing defense in the league last year. Look at the impact he's had in just one year. Mm -hmm. And look, name me five defensive players on the Houston Texans right now. Mm -hmm. Jalen Petrie is the man. I like him. We got four more. (laughs) Go ahead. Sean, you know who's the worst coach of the year? You for letting your son's clock expire on one of the picks. You're trying to teach Jack how to play fantasy, and you missed the pick on the clock. Yeah, I had to refill my beer. Greatness. It was was, was at night. Rico's still on the roster, and you cut him. Uh, I think we picked him back up. <laughs> he had to pick him back oh, up. But, but Sometimes look, you go back. He was hurt this week, so he, went, you know, he didn't need him by now. <laughs> I wish we had Noah Brown, though. I'm more invested in your fantasy team than maybe anything else. Yeah. In yeah. yeah. That's, that's that's name is the Jets, right? <laughs> that's oh, true. Boy. The Jersey Jackhammers. <laughs> yeah. They should be on. Yeah. Uh, you know what I appreciate about the Stroud experience? He's not cowering when he walks into the – these are not scrappy, come from behind wins, and how did he figure out how to do it? The Texans were just a really good team yesterday. And D'Amico Ryan said it in the locker room after the game. He's like, we beat a good team, but we're also a good team. These are not ugly wins. These are not, wow, it was an electric factory, and they trailed the entire game, and then 
No, these he is keeping them in. And the MVP conversation kind of goes with the, if you want to argue for a wide receiver one year, a running back one mm -hmm. year. It is the value to your team, the value of players. Some people subscribe to that. And the fact that this one goes hand-in-hand hand with the quarterback, I'm not going to say never because if you listen to Kyle Brandt talk about the MVP, what does the MVP require? All right, it's, it's, I'm glad you asked that. Big stats, yes. but the story is massive. That sets you apart. Obviously, the story is there. You're massive. right. The story is really, really You know big. what else matters, though? Huh. What do you got? Primetime games. You like to have those showcase games. The Heisman I, moments. I don't know if Stroud has any primetime games. Let's flex them. You might don't laugh. Come on. We got the Jets you and Bears know. every week. We're going to use this flex ever? Let's MVP go. MVP right. doesn't like newcomers. If they had yeah. flexed that one, we could have seen stop. that on Sunday. That would have been a good Sunday night. The block topic your way. Ian Rappaport, that's almost like prime time. It is prime time. Yeah. yeah. Rap sheet. Quarterbacks. Talk to me, Goose. We'll start with Deshaun Watson, the Cleveland Browns quarterback, who really is starting to play like they had hoped he would play when they made that historic trade for him. He missed a play at the end of the first half. That is at least, I don't know about concerning, but at least something to monitor. He's dealing with an ankle injury, got it taped. He didn't really feel like it was concerning at all, but the fact that he left the game in a walking boot means it's not nothing. We'll see if he has some tests today. And what this ends up being, Watson said at the end of the game he would be fine, but at least we will keep our eye on this one. A similar for Baker Mayfield. He banged his thumb on, I believe it was a helmet. It was either a helmet or a hand. It's tough to tell right there on that shot, but clearly in pain. Did finish the game, actually didn't even miss a play, and was a really solid Tampa Bay Buccaneers win. He's going to have some tests today to see if that's an injury that is going to take him off the field. The fact that he was able to stay in, at least a good sign. We've seen some other quarterbacks with kind of similar occurrences that have not been able to stay in. So the fact that he is probably a good sign. And then for the New Orleans Saints, another injury for their starting quarterback, Derek Carr. He was knocked out of the game with a concussion and a right shoulder injury. Seeing it right there took a real hard shot to the right shoulder. Sounds like the concussion probably knocked him out more than the right shoulder injury did, but regardless, the Saints are on the bye this week. It comes at a good time. My understanding is the hope is that Derek Carr is back at 100% after the bye. Yeah, uh, a bye week, welcome. But Jameis hung yesterday when you had to come in at a moment's notice against the Vikings. Did Jameis uh, Rap sheet, thanks. Talk to you in a little bit. If you want to see guys like Ian Rappaport, amongst others, I have a solution for you. Okay. NFL Plus. All Get right. access to NFL Plus Premium and stream live games on mobile, NFL Red Zone, NFL Network, Game Replays, and more. All in one big, beautiful place. Catch it all. Sign up today at plus. Doing it yesterday. NFL. Dot com terms and conditions apply yeah. exactly still to come on good morning football we had to give Kyle Brandt the honey and hot water treatment last that was me week. last week I feel better now yeah which players week 10 performance was worthy of our GMFB game balls we're going to give them out momentarily it was a perfect Jameis performance yesterday he comes in two touchdowns two picks chucking it all over I ain't making him get my game ball uh, mm. Mac Jones probably not getting one it's a rough time for the Patriots. Do you enjoy the schadenfreude? Stay tuned right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
Uh, the Patriots allegedly played great in ger- internationally. That was not the case on Sunday morning. She allegedly. That's allegedly. It's <laughs> right and factual. <laughs> to see, make it make sense. And that's probably what Bill Belichick is trying to do oh, because man. Bill O'Brien is over on the sideline. He's working with Mac. He's trying to get Bailey Zappi in the right spot. And it just wasn't. It hasn't been the right spot for the Patriots for a while now. 10-6, your final Colts. That game was played in Frankfurt. Uh, here's Bill Belichick after the loss. He was asked about his decision to once again bench Mac Jones. Bill, what made Bailey Zappi the best option at quarterback? Yeah, I just thought it was time for a change. Mac, do you still feel like Coach Belichick has you know, full faith in you as the starting quarterback of this team? Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I got to play better. So to make people believe, you got to be better. So I'm not sure. I don't know. Do you still believe in yourself, Mac? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I put a lot of work into it. I got a lot of faith in myself, but um, there's just things I got to get fixed and just learn, right? Just keep learning and figure it out. Yeah, Mac Jones and the Patriots, probably the Patriots as a whole more so indeed need to figure things out moving forward. Worst start for Bill Belichick in quite some time. Uh, reaction, though, to the Pats' loss in Frankfurt uh, and all the things that were said after the game, Peter. It's the worst game of the season from um, just an aesthetic standpoint, and I don't think we're, we're used to seeing that from the New England Patriots. Um, and I say this objectively, like they, I've never seen this brand of football undisciplined, mental errors, questionable decisions in crunch time. You can blame the players all you want. At some point, it's what in the heck did we just show Germany? Like mm. this was, and I, the crowd was overwhelmingly Patriots fans. Sure. And it's a cool reason why. It's because the same reason the Seahawks had a bunch of fans last year. The Patriots fans used to only get one game. Uh, the Germany fans used to only get one game. It was the international game. And it was during the early 2000s and the Patriots were the best team. So they would get a lot of Patriots. Sure. And they fall in love with the logo. Robert Kraft's there before the game talking to Rich Eisen. He's like, I, I've never been 2-7. and seven. In fact, he was in 2000, but let's put it away. I've never been 2-7. and seven. Now they're 2-8. We could talk about Belichick and speculate on all you want. It's only week 10. I, I, where do you go from here? Mm-hmm. Horrible product yesterday. And, that, and Robert Kraft is too proud of an owner. And that logo means too much for the NFL to have that um, disgusting game to watch. Mm-hmm. And that's our export to the international audience. I, I feel bad. Whenever you're calling a game, you always hope that it's a good game. You hope it's not a clunker and you have to fill in. I thought Rich Eisen and Jason McCourty did a great job right. on the call for that. So, uh, bravo to both you guys. It's almost like you guys have been out there for two weeks. Like, you guys had adjusted the time change and all that. Uh, it's great. But this Patriots offense, like, to your point, Bill O'Brien, like, what more can he do? Like, I think the coaches are so frustrated right now at this point. And I can – I can associate with how they're feeling right now. Like, I'm an assistant coach for my son's football team. Okay. And we put a play in this last week. We had a playoff game on Saturday. Okay. We put in a new play because the other team we were playing, Glen Rock, had a great nose tackle, right? And I'm like, hey, we should run the wham play and just wham the nose guard on the first play of the game. All week long, we practiced this play mm. over and over and over again. First play of the game here, this is what it's going to be. All the kids knew it. And on the first play of the game, nobody blocks the defensive tackle. Sure. Like, he comes in and makes a tackle for a loss. And I'm like, we're like, we're, we're on the sideline bewildered. How could this possibly happen? There's nothing more frustrating as a coach than when you're showing players, this is what you do. This guy is open. This is who you throw it to. This is who you block. This is what you do. And they don't do it. And mm-hmm. I feel like the Patriots right now, just they've got to be beside, beside themselves right now. If you're Bill O'Brien, you're Bill Belichick. It, like, what do you do? You've got guys open and you've got a quarterback that just can't hit them, can't make the throw. It's a big part of the job when you're a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to put the ball where it needs to go. How, so how does the, the best coach in NFL history have the worst team in the league? Uh, understand, if the guys that he gets compared to are Don Shula, John Wooden, 
Don Shula ended the last two years of his coaching career in the playoffs. 10-6, and 9-7. John Wooden ended the, his coaching career winning the whole damn thing, 28-3 NCAA champion. We're scoring six points against a Colts team that we've historically owned who have their backup quarterback, and we're trying to expand the game to Germany, and your owner more than anyone wants to do that. And the Germany's still drunk last year off the Tom Brady experience who went over there, and they loved him. Mm. What is that? So the question becomes, all right, so Robert Kraft has to do something. You can't just sit here. It's not that they're not winning every game. Their roster's terrible. You watch the game, and you're like, who are their best players? Like, who, who do they have out there? Belichick makes the roster. So I don't look – every take is out there that they're going to fire him this week and Belichick's just going to be gone versus, no, they will wait till the end of the season and then do it with dignity off – like, if I'm a Patriots fan, I want Mr. Kraft to have a GM. Like, I, I'm there. I'm there like the Cowboys fans were for years with Jerry Jones. The, the players are so bad and the roster is so lacking in talent – I would hire a GM and, and go to Bill and say, we're going to hire a proper GM. And if he says, well, then I'm out of here, okay, so go. I'm sorry. But, like, the roster is inexcusably bad. And then to Peter's point, it's not just that they're not talented enough. They're doing stupid, sloppy it's not, things. It's not Patriots football. There was this moment where the Colts punted and the Patriots didn't have a punt returner back they there. They all-out blitz. Yeah, and it's like no one's there. Like, Bill, what are you doing? And I, I don't want to knock down a legend, and he is a legend. But I've seen some other legendary coaches, and they've never let it get this bad on their watch. I think there needs to be a change, and I think the, the player personnel stuff needs to be taken away from them. The one that comes to mind is Landry. It ended so ugly for Landry, sure. and then it was this like real tenuous thing where Jerry Jones bought the team, and he didn't want mm -hmm. Landry. He wanted his guy. And mm -hmm. it, Robert Kraft's not selling the team. So at right. some point, Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft are going to have to sit down and talk with Belichick. But do you get a feeling Bill's going to say on his own accord, like, that's how I'm leaving? I don't this could get or ugly. is it just we're tanking and we're going to get a great quarterback next year and then Belichick will build it up again? Is, is it? I don't know. I'm not there. Building it up requires a lot of fixes, and it's no. not just the quarterback. And I don't know if this, you know, he's gone through a lot of different coaching combinations as well over the years. The Bill Belichick experience, one that we all kind of marvel at from afar, I think, too, is that, oh, man, Bill Belichick, he's mad. He's going to get some now. He's going to go into the meeting room. and He's going to, you know, swear at the guys sure. and do yeah, this and get the that. ship right. We're past that. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of buy-in either, whether it be with the X's and O's or like yeah. the emotional way this team is being run. Very curious to see what changes, if any, yeah. are made as Kyle. Mark I've got an idea. Mm -hmm. I, I'm pretty sure I know who his offensive coordinator is going to be next year if he's still there. Joshua Daniels. Like, he's bringing them back. Right? You think? Yeah, yeah run it back. The, the again. Raiders are paying him. Uh -huh. Like he's got Joe Judge on the staff, Patricia on the staff. Like who's they're the all still being paid. Like yeah. you know. Bill O'Brien. Right. Like yeah. who's the head coach? Sean? Yeah, you think it's Bill. I think it's yeah. Bill. Bill. I don't think Bill's going anywhere. I don't Look, like they're, they're they're in a tough spot right now, and this is awkward and it's weird, and it's a place they've never been in since in 23 years, two and seven. It happens. You've been at the mountaintop for so long. Like all right, they'll mm. get back there, and they just got to build it the right way and do it the right way, and they'll probably be in the run for another quarterback. Perturbed. Mm -hmm. Embarrassed yesterday. Well, rightfully so, because they were on an international stage and they had the whole audience, mm -hmm. they had the 930 window. Like, that's, yep. that, that's a, it's a big moment. And they, they flopped. Like, they wet the bed. Heck of a week for our Coach of the Week. Every week we do this. Uh, shout out someone who is either head coach, offensive corner, defensive corner, special teams coach, whoever. Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson is your coach. Go the on. They put over 500 yards of offense on the road yesterday. Johnson's 37 years old, was with Campbell in Miami when Campbell was the interim coach way back when. Came with him to Detroit and <clears throat> yesterday put on a performance. It wasn't just Goff throwing the ball over the yard. It wasn't just fourth down conversions. Gibbs ran the ball well. Montgomery ran the ball well. And they got everybody involved. Amon Ross St. Brown had arguably his best game of the season. Take a look at this. 
Single game team rankings this season. This is their offensive week 10. They had the second best week any team has in points. First in total yards, first in yards per play, second in passing yards. That's an offensive coordinator drawing it up. Ben Johnson, congratulations. You're this week's Coach of the Week from Good Morning Football. Way to go, Coach. Very good. Way to go, Ben. All right, let's head up to Lumen Field. What do you say? We got a little more football action. Got some highlights. The Seahawks taking on the Commanders. We actually talked to Ron Rivera just last week about the crowd noise, how they were going to deal with it. Sam Howell, no issues. Coming to the end of this game, he was second in the NFL in passing yards. By the end of the day, he would lead the league. Jason Myers for a 43-yard field goal to win the game. The Seattle Seahawks, as time expires, get the dub. Seahawks, 6-3. and three. And Will Selva, great hair on Will Selva as well. What's up, Will? Thank you. I do my best. (laughs) Uh, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport has been updating us on the very latest when it comes to Derek Carr's injuries. But he wasn't the only costly loss for the Saints in that game. Rapsheet also reporting that quarterback Marshawn Lattimore is believed to have suffered an ankle sprain and will have an MRI today to determine the severity of the injury. New Orleans on a bye in Week 11, as Jamie mentioned, so it could give Lattimore extra time to heal. Cowboys wide receiver Brandon Cooks with his best game of his career since week 15 of 2016, putting up 173 yards and a touchdown in the win over the G-Men. The only one that could stop him all night was our very own Jane Slater, who talked to Cooks about his performance. There's a lot of talk this week about getting you more involved in this offense. Did you think tonight was going to be the night you got this thing going? You know, for me, I always just thought, continue to trust the process and kind of tune out the noise, you know, coach. Uh, you know, we just got it going, so I'm thankful and uh, blessed to be able to, you know, have a day like this, and hopefully we can keep it going. Why do you think this passing game has been so efficient through the last four or so? I, I think just really just we getting in that rhythm. You know, Dak is playing at a whole nother level, and, you know, the trust between all his pass catchers. So I think when you do that, you know, you got a great chance to continue to be special. Cooks as a candidate for a GMFB game ball this week. The crew making their picks when we come back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Wild Sunday afternoon for the yeah. teams that sit within the AFC North. Biggest takeaway, though, from just within that division, Peter, because there's a lot of movement. I look right there at those Ravens. Yeah. We were crowning them. Mm-hmm. We were yeah. It. it was it. Lamar's the MVP. Harbaugh's coach of the year. Mike McDonald's going to get the first coaching job that is offered. Um, you're up 14 points in the second half to a Browns offense that hasn't done much all season. And they turned the pick six. And then they can't get the first down, and then Deshaun Watson tears your heart out in crunch time. Uh, Lamar has been great all season. This was not a good game for Lamar Jackson. You go through this thing, uh, 13 of 23, two interceptions. Fourth quarter, Lamar, one for five, 11 yards, Mm -hmm. and then the crucial pick six. 
Here's the other part of this. This isn't the first time the Ravens have this head-scratching loss at the end. Like, we know that this is a, a weird one. The Colts one in the rain was yeah. even weirder at mm -hmm. home. Take a look at this, guys. This is a wild stat. First 10 games of the season, the last 40 years, the least time trailing all season. The Ravens have only trailed 28 minutes this entire season. Wow. And yet, these other teams are all 10-0. and 0. Like, mm -hmm. oh, they were... Ravens have three losses. Mm, that is weird. So they're playing nearly flawless football and yet still are only seven and three. And this might cost them home field throughout the playoffs. I, I don't know. know if they want home field throughout the playoffs when you lose to the Colts at home and now the Browns at home. You want to crown the Ravens and just Tucker missed a field goal in this game. Mm. Like the defense gave up a ton of yards to an offense that hasn't been doing that. Those 33 points, and I know there was a pick six there. That was a, a that, that was 33. It's an anomaly because they've only given up 11 points per game besides that. My my takeaway from the AFC North is just when you want to crown the Ravens, they say, don't crown us yet. We don't want this. That's too much. We're just, don't do it <laughs> yet. It's unfortunate, especially at home. I feel like that's bigger than the AFC North, though. I feel like every time it's like you're number one on the power rankings, you're going to win the MVP, they lose. Like, you know, the, the Eagles lost to the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Chiefs pie. got smashed what it felt like by the Broncos. You just saw this game. So any, and we, we keep trying to chase the number one team, and believe me, I've chased it and whiffed a bunch of times. It just keeps going like this. The biggest takeaway from this game is not a Baltimore thing. It's the way Deshaun Watson played. Because I said it last week, like, if Deshaun starts playing, like, anywhere close to he's capable of playing, like, just look the hell out for Cleveland. It's like a kid into Shaq starts making free throws, like with that defense, or you know, like Happy learns how to putt. It, it is a disaster because Miles Garrett is probably your front-runner defensive player of the year. The defense, aside from the 31 points yesterday, is just still going to do their thing. If Deshaun puts it together and looks anything like Deshaun, it was a great, great, great day for him yesterday. It was not only a great day, he bangs his ankle up, he gets taped up at halftime, comes out as even better, it was absolutely flawless in the second half. If Deshaun Watson starts to realize his potential, they could be the best team in the league. And I just said we're chasing it, but I, remember what I just said. Not the best team in the AFC North. They could be the best team in the league if he plays like he is capable of. And in the second half, we saw it yesterday. Huge win, signature win for Watson. By far his biggest win, biggest moment, everything since Cleveland. I mean, he hasn't had a win that big in like four years maybe, maybe mm -hmm. that long. Mm -hmm. It's been a long, long time. So Baltimore will get up. All the teams that get knocked around get back up. I think Cleveland realizing Deshaun is the scariest thing in the league right now. Yeah, and it didn't start off very well. Uh, Deshaun Watson no, the first half played a game, pick six for pick Kyle six. Hamilton uh, going the other way. I think the you know, Browns also blocked the field goal on that. So really Baltimore kind of gave that game away uh, uh, from their eyes. But as we're talking about these lead dogs, it's kind of like the Daytona 500, right? Like, do you want to be leading that race in the, for, throughout the first 350, 400 laps? I feel like that, that car right behind that's been drafting behind you mm -hmm. is just saving energy. And that team, to me, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. Think about it. They're second in the division Look right at now right at six and three. And they're just kind of hanging out like, hey, you know what? Like, you guys fight over who's first in the division, the, who wants the crown. We'll just kind of hang back here and just keep stacking some wins. And look, to be honest with you, like Kenny Pickett hasn't been great. Like he had an unbelievable preseason. He was perfect, but things have not look at been those great. Numbers. It's okay. He's got some game-winning drives, seven of them. Do you know uh, that's that factoid about them that's going around? Every single game this year, they've been outgained. Right. Every game, the other team has more offense than they do, and they're six and three. It doesn't make sense. They still find a way to win, and it's because the defense is coming up with huge plays. Like if it's not T.J. Watt, it's Alex Highsmith, and no Minka Fitzpatrick, but then Demonte Casey makes the interception. This Steelers team, nobody wants to play a team like this, mm -hmm. a defense like That's that in the playoffs. 
Like, you got two guys that are just getting after your yep. quarterback, and, like, nobody wants to see that in the playoffs. The Steelers put you through emotional roller coasters within the game, but then they win the games. The Bengals are putting people through emotional roller coasters of the season, and mm. the games are slipping away from them. It was interesting what Harbaugh said after that win. For him to say, we fought hard, we competed, we just didn't play well enough, and sometimes you lose games like that. I'm actually comfortable with Harbaugh assessing the Ravens that way because the Ravens just have played better as a whole this season than the Bengals have, I believe. The Bengals, you can't keep losing games like this. I know, congratulations, you're 4-0 against the NFC West this season. So what? Like, that's one of your bullet points at this point. You're trying to find positives of those angles. These games are tough on them. They're really hard on them. Four days ago, Joe Burrow was being asked by the local Cincinnati media, do you want to win an MVP someday? He has to answer that question, and that's because he had been playing really well. And for sure, that could be a part of his trajectory. But these are not the questions that are now going to be asked this week. And that's what the Bengals are kind of dealing themselves. Last week on this show on Thursday, we had the AFC playoff picture. Mm -hmm. And the AFC North occupied all the spots. Mm -hmm. The division leader in all three. The Bengals are the only one out right now in the AFC North. So mm -hmm. today we sit here on a Monday of Week 10. Bengals are not making it to the postseason. Mm. Shocking at mm. this point. One and four in the conference, too. And you think about yeah. those tiebreakers. If yeah. they're finishing the season, they're like, they're not the team. Those NFC West wins are great. That just pads the win total. Right. you got to actually win in the conference. Yeah, and yet, like, do you want to count them out? I don't. No, I have no, those four teams. Like, who do I want to see least? Right. Like, I still might want to see Burr least. <laughs> like, I don't want to. But we can't be saying team. this about them in, like, week 15. Like, you just can't yeah. keep That's slipping true. up at what certain we, parts of the season. Yeah. Ten, yeah. Let's head back to State Farms Stadium down in Arizona. Kyler Murray, welcome back. It's been 11 months to the day since he tore that ACL. And this is Desmond Ritter, who was in a quarterback as Taylor Heineke pulled a hammy. The Cardinals snap a six-game losing streak. They get the dub at home. Uh, all right, game ball time. Game ball time. Titans Bucks first. Oh, wow. All right. Why Titans not? Bucks. I know, right? There's Baker Mayfield. He's trying to snap a four-game losing streak for the Buccaneers. He's going up against a rookie, Will Levis. Buccaneers snap a win. NFC South, very interesting uh, situation. Uh, game ball time. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Peter, you're up first. Go ahead, Trace. I'm going up to Minnesota. I think this story is an amazing human interest story, but I said it earlier in the show. Josh Dobbs is playing awesome football. Uh -huh. He gets my game ball here. It's one thing to do it one week on short week's notice and saying, hey, I don't know my teammates. It's another thing to say, all right, we're now a playoff contender and no one wants to face us. And doing all this without... Justin Jefferson, without K.J. Osborne, with injuries all over, without Cam Akers. Dobbs here on this play, this is not even the one that was for the touchdown. He's just being able to scramble. Mm. Hawkinson and him, they both live in Nashville, I want to say, in the offseason. They've trained together, so there's a comfort right. there. Peter, are the Vikings better without Justin Jefferson? Your, your take. They're 5-0 and without Justin Jefferson. They're going to be electric <laughs> when he gets back. Are the, are the Vikings better without Kirk Cousins? Kyle, your take. Oh, hell no. Okay. Not a chance. Do we have to even have those takes? No. Hypothetical be damned. Look at this guy go. Josh Dobbs is your game ball. Second straight week. Josh Dobbs. Have a day. Oh, oh, nice, wow. Peter. Go Very ahead, well done. Thank ball? you. Feel sacrilegious to give a game ball to a Detroit Lion wearing a Vikings okay. shirt, but I'll I do gotcha. my best. Thank you so much. Amon Ross St. Brown had a hell of a day. 156 receiving yards in that win over the Chargers. Off defense be damned, if you will, because uh, Amon Ross St. Brown looked great. He has looked great. He has six 100-plus receiving yards so far this season. The other wide receiver in the NFL has done that is A.J. Brown, the wide receiver Peter's been talking about a lot recently. So he's in good company. He's also done it four straight games, the 100-plus. So he's on a, a really good clip. The last line to do that, 
Calvin Johnson in 2012 when he Let's went go. eight straight with Let's 100 go. plus. That is a very long stretch. Yeah. But if Amon Ross St. Brown can do it, he would be on the list with Calvin Johnson. Pretty good, Sean. Can I also say how cool it is that he's got the salute to service towel? On, on, it looks, on, it's a good look. On his good. waistband in the back. I like, like the it black makes it look elbow even faster. It looks, yeah. it looks cool. Yeah, phenomenal. We, we've been talking a lot about the Texans on this show. They went into the jungle and got a W against the Bengals. Look, D'Amico Ryan's possible coach of the year. C.J. Stroud, rookie of the year. Maybe okay, come on. on the MVP come talk. On. How about Devin Singletary? How about a game ball for Devin, who had 30 carries for 150 yards? Career highs for Devin Singletary. Let's take a look at some of these big runs. He put the team on his back, mm-hmm. and he said, look, I got you, Damian Pierce. All right, you take another week off. All right, we got no Nico Collins. I'm going to carry the load. Devin Singletary was carrying defenders, running through this Bengals defense, who we've been talking about for the last couple weeks, playing some good ball. And no big deal for him. When you think about the Texans, they, the last time they had a running back rush for this many yards, it yeah. was Carlos Hyde back in mm-hmm. 2019. So big game for Devin Singletary. What, Bills got, let he, him go. Nickname, right? They weren't exactly rioting outside of Western New York when they did it, but he was a really well-liked guy, and now Houston had an awesome day from him. So in our, in our game balls, we've had a few, like, hasn't happened since. You yeah, mentioned yeah. Calvin Johnson. You mentioned Carlos Hyde. This is unbelievable. I, I can't believe – I'm so worried about this might actually be true, but the research says it is. Cardinal tight end Trey McBride gets my, my game ball. I had 131 yards receiving sure. yesterday. Um, amazing day. Great second-year tight end. They took in the second round out of Colorado State. So what's so special about that? It's a great day. Look at it. Awesome. Fired up, screaming. Trey McBride is the first Cardinals tight end to have a 100-yard day in, in, in 10 years? No. In 20 years? No. In over 30 years. Wow. What? The last Cardinals tight end to have 100 yards receiving was a Phoenix Cardinals tight end. Robert Awalt. Guys, you can't make it up. The last time a tight end on the Cardinals is at 100 yards, not 200, not six touchdowns. We have footage of Awalt. Look at the Robert uni. Awalt Phoenix catching passes Cardinals. from Gary Hogaboom. Yeah. And in this game, which featured Gary Hogaboom versus Troy Aikman, Tom Tupa, of course, came in and threw for passes for the Cardinals because Tupa will Hogan, always Hogan Tupa. Great Cowboys backup for years going against this Ben's Aikman. And he's like, give me a Walt. Let me what let him out. reality show was Hogaboom on? Oh. Uh, the diving board game with a Survivor. He was a contestant. He was. <laughs> Hogabar. Wow. S- Survivor. He was on it. Well, that's incredible. But anyway, Rob Awalt is on a, a reality show called Cardinals 100-Yard Receivers. It's Wait, Rob Awalt and Trey McBride. Tell me Zach Ertz never did it? Never. Right. Never. Any, Peter, Zach Ertz is recent. 90s. Dan Arnold didn't do yeah. it? Never. Peter, Dan Arnold, you did. You thought he would do it every week. He never did it. How about Gary? Uh, what's his name? Rob Awalt. I forgot it. They got the sun on the side and then Trey McBride. That is the strangest thing. Shout out to What's the F Stats on Instagram. I love you guys. Awesome, awesome job. Cardinals going to win. That Those kind of things, when they pop up, you're like, I don't trust this. I don't want to say this on air. Because they're going to be like, idiot, three weeks ago they had it. I'm like, no, 1989, 100 yards for Ted oh and Cardinals. Oh, my God. Great years. album. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.